This is Impact. I'm Carrie Kaufman. Two bills are making their way through the assembly right now that will have a big impact on how we handle traffic violations. AB 116, introduced by District 10 Assemblywoman Rochelle Wynn, would make traffic violations and their attendant fees a civil rather than a criminal violation. That means if people don't pay their fees, government entities in Nevada cannot put them in jail. AB 151, sponsored by District 16, freshman assemblywoman Cecilia Gonzalez will make it against the law to take someone's driver's license away for unpaid traffic fines. Thousands of people a year end up in jail because they can't afford to pay their fees or have their license suspended, but they still have to get to work. This often means loss of job, loss of homes, loss of residency status, all for making a right turn on red when they weren't supposed to. We're talking to one of our regular contributors, Lisa Mosley, who is the Nevada State Director for the Fines and Fees Justice Center. And we're talking to Assemblywoman Rochelle Wynn, who brought forward AB 116. So Assemblywoman, let's start with you. Um, What is the difference between a civil violation and a criminal violation? Well, most people don't know. A lot of our traffic, our current traffic citations are actually criminal misdemeanors. And we don't have any kind of level of misdemeanors. So whether you're feeding pigeons, you are speeding, you are jaywalking, or you are committing battery or assault, it is all a criminal misdemeanor. And they all carry with them a potential penalty of up to six months in the Clark County or any kind of local detention center, I Mm -hmm. should say. So how would I, as a driver who sometimes overstays my parking meter or who has been known to try and fail to make a yellow light, how would I know that I'm getting a criminal penalty rather than a civil penalty? You probably wouldn't. And that's why I don't think that this should be some sort of drastic change. I think most people don't realize that it is a criminal penalty. Um, And you have a lot of people that are using this, uh, have used this long, a long time as an argument for why people are not speeding is because they think they're going to go to jail. Mm. When I would argue that most people don't realize that. So, um, you know, you wouldn't know. Lisa, I would think that um, if I'm pulled over and I haven't paid my ticket because I can't afford to pay my ticket and I have a broken taillight and then they haul me off to jail, I would be shocked. Because why are you hauling me off to jail for a traffic ticket? Well, you would you you probably would be shocked, but there are plenty <laughs> members of our Las Vegas community that wouldn't be shocked. This happens way too often mm. with someone having an outstanding traffic warrant for failure to pay a fine or fee or an assessment. It happens an awful lot. And I'll share this with you. I got a call from a gentleman this morning who is 67 years old lives in Henderson, he's on social security, and he had a ticket that he could not pay. And he was driving a friend's car. And I don't remember what the violation was that they pulled him over for, but they hauled him off to jail. Mm. He's 67 years old. 
he's not, he doesn't fit the demographic that you, that normally, well, I shouldn't say normally, that has experienced these kinds of things. He called me and he was in tears this morning. So what I'm saying is this is happening to all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. You know, the narrative is that it happens mostly to black and brown communities, but this was a 67 year old white retired man. And yeah. so those are the kinds of stories that we are trying to highlight because he didn't expect to go to jail either, but it is happening. And so we're hoping that this legislation can get through and that we can provide some relief for people. So at least they're not going to jail. And of course, we don't want to see people not pay their fines or their fees. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's not what the purpose of this is. Mm -hmm. We just want to see people not be arrested and hauled off to jail and spend so many days in jail where they're in some cases, losing their job. I've heard stories of people who are losing their children because like Assemblywoman said, this could carry six months in jail. Yeah. And and I've also heard stories of people being deported. I mean, that's, that's where the 287G thing comes in. Uh, if you are put in the Clark County Jail, they will check you out and, and contact ICE. And, uh, and then you can be deported simply for having a broken taillight. Absolutely. And I, I want to say this, that we worked, Fines and Fees Justice Center, we've done some work with some students over at UNLV who have just done some research for us and researching which zip codes we see most of these violations from. And also, what are people getting tickets for? What are they getting these tickets for? And surprisingly, the top 10 reasons that people are getting outstanding traffic warrants or tickets have nothing to do with driving. They have nothing to do with public safety. They're not reckless driving. They're not even moving violations. They're things like driving on an expired license mm. or a expired registration or having a broken tail light or something like that. They're not even related to driving, so to speak. And so we want to make sure, we want to try to address those issues. Assemblywoman, when uh, there are seven sponsors of this bill, including you, 23 co-sponsors, um, significantly two of the co-sponsors or the sponsors uh, are Majority Leader Nicole Canizero and Senate Judiciary Chairwoman Melanie Scheibel. This is important because both of them work for the district attorney's office. Um, so in other words, they're prosecutors. How important was it for you? What signal does it send to have a couple of prosecutors on this bill? You know, I, I think it it speaks more to this being a good policy that we need to go forward with in our state. I think there was some momentum in the last session, and I think that there was a growing momentum, and I think there were organizations that came in, like the Fines and Fees Justice Center, and some others that um, really went on an education campaign for a lot of our educators to show them that we can do this better, we can do this differently. Um, I know that there is a big effort to find ways to uh, save taxpayer dollars unnecessarily. Mm. I think there is a huge movement to be fair and thoughtful about who we are incarcerating, why we are incarcerating, and whether or not that's an effective way to deter like you know what we see as bad behavior in our society. And I think that has just kind of all come together and it's the time, the time is right. Um, I did not have to do much convincing to get Speaker Frierson and um, Assembly Chair, um, Judiciary Chair Yeager 
to sign on board. And I honestly didn't have to do much to get um, Leader Canizaro and Senator Scheibel right. to sign on as co-sponsors. In fact, they sought me out when they found out I was bringing this legislation again and really wanted to be a part of this change. So um, that, that gave me some hope. It, it passed the assembly in mm -hmm. 2019 with quite a bit of bipartisan support as well. And I anticipate that um, we will work and we will be able to get that like bipartisan support as well going forward. So two things you bring up. One is uh, I want to know if you're going to, if there are going to be more bills uh, that deal with uh, who we should put in jail and how we should do justice. And the other thing is, is that uh, the bipartisan support, there was a, there was a, um, a pilot program of this in Carson City. Did you all talk about this as you were examining the bill? We did. And in fact, it kind of motivated me to um, file this bill. We had a meeting with Carson City and they had talked about how they had kind of engaged in, they saw the writing on the wall from the 2019 session, thought, you know what, this, this could save us money, this could save us time, this could get our officers, um, save us money from the officers having to pull someone over, finding out they have a warrant, impounding that person's car, mm -hmm. taking that person down to the jail, booking them into the jail, um, you know, having someone serve up to, on average, 72 hours in the detention center, on that traffic warrant, only to have them um, later give, be given credit for time served and released now without a car, you know, probably without a job, probably without housing. And so they really took that and they decided we're not going to issue warrants any longer. We're not going to add additional fees. And they had a lot of success. And so that kind of motivated me to say, hey, if Carson City can do this, we can do this as a state. So that's kind of what I think in the back of my head as I'm moving through and we're processing this um, language. Okay. And more bills to uh, look do justice differently? Um, I have another bill that I've been working that has a lot of like cross aisle and cross like community support um, in um, banning quotas for arrests and citations. Mm. Um, there are several agencies that still um, unfortunately do this. And so I think this is good, a good piece of legislation, um, you know, to prevent unnecessary stops because people feel compelled to give out a certain amount of tickets or do a certain amount of arrests mm. um, that just leads to, you know, um, poor arrests that people are just doing because they want to get those numbers for either promotion or um, as a part of their, like the scope of their job. And that really shouldn't be, justice should not be, um, unquantified in that way. Um, so I do have a bill in that area as well. Uh, Lisa, we were talking about costs. Uh, Assemblywoman uh, Wynn did a really good job of, you know, detailing the costs of giving somebody a ticket and taking them to jail and impounding their car and what have you. Uh, how much do we generally spend uh, to arrest somebody? Well, talking with several officers, you know, in, in the process of working on this legislation and finding a sponsor and just getting some education out there on what this actually looks like, you know, talk to some police officers. And some of the numbers that we've gotten on average is anywhere from $145 to $164 today here in, in Las Vegas. That's a Metro officer, depending on what their rank is and what their salary. That is per officer per day that is costing them to pull someone over, arrest them, tow their car, 
transport them to jail and book them. That's an average. When talking with some of the officers up in Carson City, um, their numbers are, are similar. But in addition to what it costs their officers to haul somebody to jail, tow their car, they have to verify those warrants if they're trapped warrants every month. So that's more officer time. Mm. And so when you add in the cost of what it costs for an officer, what it costs for jail staff, what it costs for civilian staff, the cost is, just gets higher and higher. And though we don't have exact numbers, you know, we know that the, the cost is high. And we know that it has, Carson City has shown us that it is much more efficient when you don't have those barriers like warrants in place that prevent people from being able to pay their fines. So Assemblywoman Nguyen, let's talk about AB 151. You are co-sponsor of this bill. Uh, It's kind of a twin to this, I feel. Tell me about this bill. I do see it kind of um, pairing uh, nicely with um, the decriminalizing of traffic. I'm happy that multiple people are you know, all realize that this is an important thing that we need to do that will add to more equity and fairness in our justice system. So both of these bills have been read in committee and they are off to the printer. Um, (laughs) So when will they get hearings? I have some ongoing working groups to make sure that it is done seamlessly, to make sure that we are not adding costs, um, how we can make this retroactive. Um, So Mm. going forward or including people in the past. I would hate for a speeding ticket on one day to be a criminal citation and on the next day for it to be a civil infraction. So I think there is still a lot of work to do on it. So I'm trying to work on that as fast as I can (laughs) with a lot of different working groups to make sure that the language that we have, at least conceptually and some of those conceptual amendments um, when we present it as in a better It's a pretty large bill. It's a lot of pages. And Mm. so we want to make sure we get it right. And so um, I know that we will have a hearing on it. I anticipate that it'll be, um, you know, sooner rather than later. But I do want to make sure that we are able to kind of take some of the concerns on all sides to make sure that it like is seamlessly enacted if it does pass. Rochelle Wynn is Assemblywoman for District 10. You've also been listening to Lisa Mosley, who is the Nevada State Director for the Fines and Fees Justice Center. You hear Lisa often on this show as a uh, co-host. Thank you both for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Yes, thank you for having me.